Hello, my name is Charles Kojo Van Dyke. I am the host of Alternative Convos. Alternative Convos is a discussion show at the intersection between social cohesion and social change in Africa. It is an alternative platform, a safe space for alternative views. Today's guest is Susan Njambi Odongo. Susan is a Kenyan-born social development practitioner. She has significant experience in nonprofit management and sector sustainability, social research, partnership and network management. She's had stints with the African Youth Trust Act and the Kenyan Community Development Foundation. She is currently the team lead at the Lusoma Advisory Services based in Nairobi, Kenya. So you know we are an amazing company. Today's discussion point is, is innovative financing the magic bullet to ensure civil society sustainability in Africa. Welcome, Susan, to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much, Charles. Thank you. Thank you so much for accepting to talk to me. So I usually begin my podcast with, you know, something about your story. So I'd love to know what, it was, what has been your story. How did you get into this space in terms of civil society? So my entry into civil society was while I was in campus um, doing my undergraduate. Okay. And I began engaging in... Um, was that University of Nairobi? No. Oh, okay. Moy University. Oh, Moy University. Correct. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so out of Nairobi. Okay, nice. Um, the outskirts of Nairobi. And um, I was doing, I, I am a graduate of sociology or social studies. Excellent. And out of that, I have always had an interest on, in communities. And so I engaged or got involved with the Red Cross Club. Nice. In in Moy University and actually say that is where my experience of working with nonprofits began. Okay. Primarily because of how the Red Cross is structured. Mm-hmm. Um and we had the opportunity of not just engaging with the Red Cross branch in um Eldoret. Yeah. We were quite active. So we had opportunities of also engaging with the headquarters. Okay, nice. And that's how my passion for nonprofit management actually just began. How sure. projects are organized, how um, you can be able to have action towards serving community, um, so to speak. And I did that alongside, of course, in my studies. So I always say I'm one of the lucky ones who got into <laughs> okay. my path from the word go, nice. um, so to speak. So yeah. Nice, nice. I mean, that's a beautiful story. So, you know, the conversation today is about so, uh, something that has been talked about for a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's about resourcing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a major issue for many civil society organizations yeah. in Africa. Um, so I just want to know from you, um, what what do you think about the state of resourcing of civil society right now? Where are we? Are we sustainable? Are we, or are we struggling? Oh, wow. Um it's interesting because I feel for a duration now, 
Um, yeah. We have been in somewhat of a quagmire. Mm. Um, I would say before COVID, yeah. um, there were some organizations who were feeling that the fact that they were only getting international funding yeah. was causing some uneasiness and they felt that that was not enough mm. and was not going to help them to be sustainable. Mm. But very few of them actually dared to do anything different. <laughs> do anything about it. Do anything about it. Mm. So there, there was that aspect of we need to do something, Yeah. but very few really thought about it. And then COVID came. COVID. <laughs> COVID. COVID has changed a lot. COVID changed a lot. Yeah. And so I, I, for me, I say COVID did not, did not really bring out the issue, but rather it revealed what we have always known. Absolutely. Um. So it brought the issue to the surface. It brought the issue to the surface. So yeah. for for many of us, we were really gambling with it. Yeah. Uh, but it brought the issue to the surface and. Mm. We were forced to look at the issue head on. Yes. Ideally. And what we saw is those organizations who had already started making steps towards their sustainability, when COVID hit, we all were shaken by COVID. Yes. But for some, they were actually able to quickly look for alternative ways of keeping their organization sustainable. Well, others struggled. Yeah. So there are some who literally immediately after COVID shut down, not because they couldn't exist, but the shock was just too much. Too much for them to bail. Yeah. And so immediate action. It was more of a reaction. Shut down. We'll deal with this later. Of course, some of them have come back and, and mm. kind of opened up operation. Yeah. Uh, but you can tell that indeed... It de I, I think COVID just demonstrated to us yes. how some of us had the ability to have thought for forecasted what we needed to do for sustainability. So forward thinking. Forward thinking. But for others, you could tell that because it was such a big issue, they packed it. And when COVID happened, then they were caught unprepared. Yeah. 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 So right now, the conversation is how do we ensure? The civil society is sustainable. Um, I mean, clearly, I think when you go everywhere on the continent, people recognize that civil society is that force for change. Yeah. So it's extremely relevant. They're strategic partners and all. So there's this whole conversation about innovative financing, right? Can you yeah. demystify that for us? What does that mean? You know, um, for me, I actually say the conversation of sustainability yes. is not just about resources. Absolutely. The innovation begins from the perspective of do you as a civil society understand the value that you're giving to mm. the society? Absolutely. Most of us as civil society have not fully understood who we are, okay. why we exist, and what it is we want to be able to provide to society. Because if we get that clear, the value that we're bringing, then you become more versatile, yeah. even in hard situations, right? So I think for me, that's a starting point, that when you're talking about sustainability, you first have to understand what value do you bring. Now, when we are talking about innovative financing, mm -hmm. it means you're looking at that value yeah. and now being able to see 
how then are you able to provide, um, whether it's the services you're providing, in a way that it meets the different communities that you're working with, Absolutely. right? And unfortunately for us, yeah. <laughs> our financing infrastructure, which has been very donor-led, donor-centric, yes. has not really challenged us or provoked us to be able to look at how we can get creative in the space we are in. And so what has happened is for the longest time, we've had a very linear perspective on how we can do our financing, mm. right? Mm. And now increasingly the demand around us yes. is that one, those we are serving, yes. communities we are serving are now diversified. Yes. The services that we are offering are now having an increased demand because the social dynamics are changing. It's changing constantly. Constantly. Yes. And the challenges that we are facing are forever changing. Yeah. And there's an increased focus on how can civil society, as you've said, who have been at the lead of showing social change, bring the change that we desire. And so in that sense, then, those organizations that have understood the value that they offer into the communities have been able to look at, one, how do we, for instance, um, pay charge fees for okay. what we offer? So they are monetizing They are expertise. monetizing their expertise. Okay. And how they're monetizing their expertise is they are actually looking for partners, okay. whether private sector partners or development partners who have an interest to support their model okay. of providing service to the communities. Right. And in that sense, then, they have been able to innovate themselves. There are others who have recognized their role. Yeah. So there are those who recognize that they're technical experts in the spaces that they are in. Absolutely and are now actually offering those services that are fit to their governments and are able then to use that money for the work that they're doing. They reinvest it. They reinvest it. In the operations. Yes, in the operations of their organization. Okay. And so for me, the starting point is, and, and, and this is what um, when I am doing trainings around sustainability we talk about, we need to move away from the tin cup approach. Tin cup? Tin cup. Okay. Tin cup means you yeah. go with a begging cup, right? The begging bowl. The begging bowl. Okay. So we need to move away from the begging bowl. Okay. And move towards what we call a value-based approach. Excellent. To finding partnerships and a value-based approach to financing our work. Why? Because we need to begin to ask ourselves critical questions. Mm. What is my contribution mm -hmm. to community? What is my contribution to my country? The other thing I realize is a challenge is we don't shout at the rooftops about the work we do. No, we don't. How we don't, we don't, are we don't, you? We don't tell our stories. We don't tell it's our stories. It's a big, big problem. And yeah. it's actually linked to our sustainability. To our sustainability. Mm. And that's the other thing, is that for you to be able to identify or have innovative financing, you need to network and link with people and tell them about what you do, how you do it, why. We get ideas from each other. I can't just keep sitting in my little space with my same team <laughs> yeah. and hope that we'll get new ideas. <laughs> we need to go out there and be able to build partnerships, yeah. right? As I said, the mindset should not be around begging bowl. Yeah. When we are networking, we always network with the perspective of who, who can give me funds. We never network with the perspective of how do I sell what I'm doing to you? Excellent. 
so that I sell my value yes. proposition. Sell your value proposition. Excellent. So then you attract different players. Even those that you might not think are most critical, you'll be shocked. When you sell your value propositions, you'll be able to get different actors who might be interested in your work and able to support you in different yeah. ways, right? And so for me, that's, that's a critical aspect. And the visibility is yeah. very important for us to do. Yeah. We need to talk about our work. What spaces are we getting into where people can not only see, but we are able to demonstrate the value, the value that, we have. that we have. Absolutely. Right? And so it's very critical for us to get to those tables where we are able to show that aspect. Yeah. But I think most importantly also is we really need to begin working on our mindset. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I cannot agree with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Because one of the challenges I have seen is when we tell nonprofits, you need to have an entrepreneurial mindset. mindset yes. The first thing they say is, you want us to do business? Make a profit. Make a profit. You know, and I'm like, no. How do you begin to look at yourself as someone who is facilitating a process. Mm. And in your facilitation of this process, yeah. you're able to ensure that you're gaining from it. Excellent. All right? So that's a point we need to begin looking at, is once you begin to get that, then it easily enables you to be able to translate the work you're doing into a service. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Unfortunately, what happens is, Sometimes we see a certain entity moving from what they're doing and beginning a product or a service that they are able to monetize. And then what do we do? You mimic that. Yes. Happily go and mimic. Copy and paste. Copy and paste. Why? Because it's worked for Charles, it's worked for me. No, it will not that work that way. You need to understand what is my value. Are we, have we actually dealt with our mindset? So that then we are able to look at how we can be able to turn our services, our product into um, something that can be monetized, but more so something that can attract partners to us. Right? Excellent. And I think that that's something that we need to really think about. Excellent. So you've seen that there's a, been a lot of push towards diversifying resources. You've mentioned some of the ways of doing that. People talk about social enterprises impact investment so from where, where you sit what what do you think are the low-hanging fruits for many of our organizations to diversify well from what from what i have seen is um there are quite a number of low-hanging fruits i think one uh of them is we need to recognize that as civil society we have technical expertise that our current, our governments are currently looking into. Most of our gov governments are now working a lot on infrastructure development projects and need to engage communities, but do not have an understanding of how to engage communities. Yet we, as civil society organizations, have a lot of legitimacy with the communities we work with. So how do you then uh, look at ways of working with government as a facilitator of community engagement for some of these projects that are yeah. ongoing, right? So I feel like there's a gap there. Yeah, so we have some expertise. So we have some expertise. In terms of community engagement yeah. and the trust we have with community. And the trust we have with community. Yeah. And so we therefore need to look at how can we be able to build that, right? And I feel we can be able to monetize that perspective. 
I think another thing is most of us are offering capacity strengthening uh, like services. services, right? Which are quite viable again. And I'm looking at the aspect of, the reason I'm looking at the aspect of a facilitative role is because that's where our strength is, right? So for instance, we have private sector players who are looking at how to increase their social value, yes. but do not know how to do that really effectively. And so we need to be able to provide ourselves as an entry point. So we have to position ourselves. We need to position ourselves mm. to be able to be the entry point for some of those things and therefore be able to engage in that in that way and find ways of monetizing that. Okay. Yeah. So from the top of my head, those are some of the quick ways that I would want to pick out for people to consider. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there's been one issue. When I have conversations with organizations, there's this um, thinking or this perspective that when it comes to diversification, it's very difficult for advocacy organizations or organizations that work on human rights or governance, you know, the hard stuff. Yeah. And that it's much easier for service delivery. I'd love to know your perspective about this. Well, there's a truth to that, right? And and, and, and the, I think the reality is people like seeing tangible things, right? But one of the things I realized that we have not done well is demonstrate how these soft skills or the what what these technical rights-based skills have been able to do or contributed towards. The linkage is one of the issues that we've not done very well. Yeah. Right? And in that sense then it has been very difficult to demonstrate how um support, for instance, around human rights can be able to translate to, for instance, human needs being met. See. Or even social accountability. Or, or social accountability, yeah. Mm. So those are some of the aspects that we realize we need to do. And and that's why I say when you're talking about um, innovative financing and yeah. sustainability, yeah. we need to recognize that we may need to take two steps back. It's not just about jumping in and saying, this is a model that's going to work. We actually need to take two steps back yeah. and assess what are some of the things we may need to address to help us to really change the will. Mm, right. Mm, absolutely. And, and and I think we need to get it clear that when we talk about innovative innovative financing, it does not just start at the financing mm. level. It's not coming up with just a new model. Is you really need to change your practices as an organization. The ways of working. The ways of working have to change. Mm. Now when you're able to change the ways of working, then you'll be able to um change or identify new ways of financing. Mm. And so for me, I feel that when you look at the human rights perspective and the financing and the fact that we want to find innovative ways, we really need to take a step back and ask ourselves, how best are we demonstrating yeah. that human rights is actually contributing to the change that we are seeing in communities? Yeah. Once we are able to do that, then it helps us to now be able to see how we can position the work that we do towards achieving. Now, the reality is when you compare the work of human rights and the work of service delivery, it takes time. Yeah, definitely. It's a long term. It's a long term, term perspective. Process. Yeah. And so even in innovative financing, it will take time. But I always say there is an aspect of um, knowledge development, knowledge management. I think these are areas that human rights entities can explore as a way of monetizing mm. 
because again, when you look at the nonprofit sector, most of the work that we have done, most of the research that we have supported around policy work is actually, the evidence has actually largely grown in the work that nonprofits have done. So why can't we look at monetizing that aspect of knowledge management as a starting point, right? Towards helping us begin to look for diverse ways of, of raising money. I think also the other thing we really need to think about yes. is why are you diversified? Fantastic. In the first place, in the first why? why? Is yeah. The, the is it the end thing? <laughs> what of us do because it's the end thing? As I said, I saw Charles do it. I want to do it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, the other thing also is we need to have that clarity. Is it that you want to grow your wealth base? Is it because you recognize you want to build the sustainability or growth of your organization to a new level. Because you also need to demystify that growth is about 10 million to 20 million. It's about expansion. It's expansion, you know. But it's, it, we need to also think about growth in terms of depth. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and for me, one of the conversations I've I've really been provoking nonprofits to think about and say, oh, we, we need to be sustainable. I'm like, why? What is what is it you're looking for? Mm. Once we have that clarity, then it really helps to drive our innovative approaches that we want to have. So that then if you're looking at growing deeper, yeah. you need to understand then your value proposition is not just to the partners who are going to finance it means you also have to have a value proposition for the community that you serve. Absolutely. Why? Because this community are going to champion your work. This community are what are, are the ones who are going to help you. And that lies, that's where sustainability lies. That's where the sustainability lies. And I tell people, sustainability is not just about growing your money pockets or your finance pockets as an organization. It's about building your relevance. Now, once we're able to build our relevance, then the money follows. We always say money follows ideas. Seek you first, your relevance. <laughs> and all the others shall come unto you. Absolutely. <laughs> and so in that sense, then, it's something we really need to look into and give clearly on this is our relevance, this is what we want to do. And based on that, it will really help you to expand. So be clear on whether it is growth you're seeking, upwards, whether it's depth that you're seeking, so that then, based on that, you're able to build a model of innovative finances around that. Fantastic. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation, Susan. Thank you so much. Thank you for making time to speak with me. Thank you and I, I always say you're one of the people that uh, keeps me on my toes. keeps <laughs> <laughs> me reflecting and thinking about every step I take. So thank you, Susan. It's been, thank you it's been amazing. Thank you.